This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but you're not here to see me. You are here, of course, to see the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show. It is Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, hello, how are you? Hello, Natalie. I'm much better for us having won a game, a league game, last week. Definitely. Definitely. It was very, very nice doing the analysis show at the weekend, uh, the, <laughs> sorry, on the Tuesday when we actually talked about a win. It was... Uh, yeah, it was really good. A very, and, and not just a win, Dave, a very comprehensive win at that. Did you enjoy that game? Uh, very much so, yeah. Very emphatic, very uh, impressive first half performance. And uh, yeah, it could have been more than three, couldn't it? That first half with disallowed goal and other chances. I thought we played really well. And then we did what we needed to do in the uh, in the second half and uh, saw it out and got a, a well-deserved win. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think we talk a lot as well about the importance of beating some of the teams around you. And I think it was quite important in the context of the season as a whole to perhaps take a little bit of the wind out of Brentford sales. Would you agree? Yeah, they'd had a reasonable start to the season. I mean, they've, it, it's you do sometimes get that bounce when you get promoted. Some teams uh, do that. I know what well, certainly when first time we got promoted, we had uh, four consecutive home wins, didn't we? We had a really good start and uh, it does get a little bit more difficult after that. Teams do start to uh, figure you out a little bit and uh, it'll get tougher for them as the season goes on, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, it definitely will. Um, so, obviously, we, we, we've got a previous show that we need to do this week. Dave, so let's get cracking with that. We can, uh, you guys, tune into the analysis show if you want to have a bit of a greater in-depth look at, at what happened against Brentford at the weekend. But we've got another game to look at because... Dave and I in the preview show, we are always looking forward, never back, apart from when we get to the history section, but that's another matter. Semantics, semantics. Um, quiz question, Dave. Now, before we were looking ahead to that Brentford game, you set our listeners a question. And that question was, how many current Burnley players were in the Claret's match day squad, which is the starting 11 plus seven subs, when Brentford last played at Turf Moor in a league match in the 15-16 season? Um, this was a particularly tricky question 
Um, and it stumped us and a few of the known listeners, and a few people have fallen into a particular trap. So, Dave, why don't you tell us, well, number one, the answer, and see if anybody did actually get it right. Uh, well, we had lots of guesses, uh, but uh, several of the potential names can be eliminated once you realise uh, that Ashley Barnes wasn't in the squad that day. He was injured. And Kevin Long, he was still recovering from the cruciate knee injury he suffered at Newcastle on New Year's Day uh, earlier that year. Um, we just signed Andre Gray from Brentford, uh, but he wasn't included against his former club. And despite Matt Lowton also being a Burnley player by then, he wasn't yet Deitch fit, which means that the answer was just one. Uh, ben Mee started ah. the game. Ben Mee started the game, but he was the only player from the current squad to be included in Burnley's 18 that day. Of course, James Tarkovsky was also in Brentford's starting eleven for that match, but we were only counting players from Burnley's squad. Excellent. So who, did, who sent us some correct answers then, Dave? Uh, well, we didn't have any answers, correct answers for our No Near Never uh, team. Uh, they were all guessing two, three or four, including yourself, Natalie. I think you were going in at, at four, was your... Uh, First guess. I went in at four, yeah, I did. Mm. But one of our quiz regulars, Andrew Blythe, who was also one of the contestants in our summer Pope Master quiz, he travels down to matches all the way from Scotland. He did get it right, so well done to him. And also, I think John Robertson was the only other listener to get in touch with the correct answer. Of course he was. Of course he was. Good old John. Always, always seems to get the right answer, doesn't he? We'll just leave it there. Um... Well, we, of course, are going to have another quiz question for you. I should probably say, actually, we do always tease John Roberts on, on this um, on this show, but he is, a, he is actually a VIP of the preview show. He's a very special friend of the show, so he knows that we, we love him really and we are just taking a mickey. Um, we're going to have another quiz question for you at the end of the episode, so please do stay tuned. Um, don't go away. Um, but before we do that, we are going to start our Chelsea preview with a look back uh, this fixture, starting with a recap of our previous Premier League meetings. Dave, it's Saturday. It's Chelsea away, 6th of November 2021, 3pm, and once again, not televised, live in the UK. So what about the Premier League meetings, please? Premier League, head-to-head! Right, well, after having no head-to-head Premier League games to discuss in last week's preview show... We're back on track this week as Burnley have faced Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in each of our previous seven seasons as members of the exclusive Premier League club. Although it's prior to our time in the Premier League, we did also win a penalty shootout there in order to progress in the Carling Cup in November 2008. Uh, Undoubtedly the most memorable of our seven Premier League visits to play Chelsea was an away win on the opening day of the 2017-18 season. Burnley took a 3-0 lead at half-time following Gary Cahill's early red card, and we clung on for a 3-2 win after Chelsea reduced to nine men. Uh, We featured that match in the past, and so we'll be focusing on one of our two draws for our memory match in the next section. They were achieved in February 2015 and April 2019, and you have a matter of a minute, if that, to guess which of these two matches we're going to focus on after we come to the end of this section. Our remaining four visits to play at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League have ended in defeat. Three of those were by a 3-0 scoreline, including in our first Premier League campaign of 2009-10. And there was also a 2-0 loss uh, for the remaining game, which took place last season at the end of January. Uh, Burnley have yet to keep a clean sheet in the previous seven Premier League visits to Stamford Bridge. So history suggests we may need to score at least twice if we're going to come away with a win on Saturday. Uh, Despite Chelsea's undoubted quality, 
we can have some solace in the fact that we've picked up some positive results at the bridge. And on the back of our first Premier League home win of the season last weekend, we'll be going into this weekend's away game with renewed hope of another memorable match and hopefully a positive result. Mm, Definitely. Memory match! Uh, What about the memory match then? Which particular game have you chosen to, to go with this week, Dave? Right, well, as we've already mentioned, aside from that 3-2 win from August 2017, there have also been two draws in our recent top-flight visits to Stamford Bridge. The 2-2 draw in 2019 saw a flurry of goals in the first 25 minutes, as we took the lead through Jeff Hendrick before being pegged back by goals from Angolo Kante and Gonzalo Higuain. But Ashley Barnes made it 2-2, and we eventually earned a draw and a valuable point. However, the game we're going to focus on is a rather eventful 1-1 draw from February 2015. There were 1,590 Burnley fans present to see this game, which included a red card for Nemanja Matic for retaliating with a push on Ashley Barnes after taking exception to his challenge. That was midway through the second half with the home side leading 1-0. Uh, that was due to Branislav Ivanovic scoring the opening goal after 14 minutes of the first half. For once, Burnley benefited from the numerical advantage and scored an equalising goal in the 81st minute after Kieran Trippier's corner found Ben Mee, who headed the ball in past Thibaut Courtois to make it 1-1. Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho had a mini meltdown in his post-match press conference, mm-hmm. refusing to discuss any match incidents. And he merely was such referring an idiot that night. Sorry, to interrupt. He really was. It was merely referring to the minutes where he felt his team had been wronged by decisions from the officials. But he didn't leave it at that. Oh no. He requisitioned Sky Sports flagship goals on Sunday programme and invited himself on as a guest to push his one sided agenda further. Indeed, what an absolute idiot. On this day Um what about um, on this day, then? I like this feature. What have you picked to highlight as to what happened on this day in a certain time? Right, we're going all the way back through time for this. Burnley have won 10 of the previous 22 matches we've played on the 6th of November. Starting off in 1897, a Jimmy Ross goal in the third minute earned an away win at Darwin in 1897. And after a 1-0 defeat at Leeds City in 1909, we won again in the 1920-21 championship winning season with a 2-1 away win at Newcastle United. That was thanks to a Tommy Boyle penalty and another from Bob Kelly, both in the first half. Next up was a goalless draw against Bury at Turf Moor in 1926, followed by an emphatic 3-0 home win over Norwich City in 1937. Burnley lost the first two matches played on 6 November after the Second World War. They were a 3-1 away defeat at Aston Villa in 1948 and a heavy defeat at Wolves in 1954 by a 5-0 scoreline. However, we picked up our fourth win with a 3-1 victory over West Ham United in 1965, which took us above Liverpool and Leeds United to the top of the table. A 2-1 away defeat at Sheffield Wednesday in 1971 was followed by another couple of wins. Firstly, 5-0 at home to Hearts in the Texaco Cup in 1973, and then 1-0 at home to Oldham in 1976, thanks to a Peter Noble penalty. Both matches from the 1980s ended in defeat. Firstly, there was a 3-0 reverse at Newcastle in 1982, and then a 1-0 home defeat to Gillingham in 1984. The 1990s produced two home wins by a 2-1 scoreline, at home against Crewe in 1990 and York City in 1993, and then there was a 2-1 away defeat at Luton in 1999. 
There have been six matches on the 6th of November since 2000, and we've won two, drawn two, and lost two. The two wins were a memorable 2-1 home win over Spurs in the Worthington Cup in 2002, with second-half goals from Robbie Blake and Steve Davis in reply to Gus Poyer's first-half opener, and then a 1-0 win over Leeds United in 2012, which was Sean Dyche's second game in charge. Charlie Austin, who else, was the goal scorer in that game. Our most recent match on the 6th November was exactly 12 months ago, when we drew 0-0 at Brighton in a largely forgettable game on a Friday night, and for some reason I seem to have little or no recollection of this game. So to summarise, our overall record on the, on the 6th of November is played 22, won 10, drawn 3 and lost 9. Wow, that is uh, that is some impressive stats in there. I love that section. It's really, I find it really interesting. Club Connection! Um, Club Connection then, which is another new feature we've got this season, where we bring you um, a player who spent time at both clubs and we focus on one player in particular. On this occasion, Dave did stick to the strip, script as normal and did run a poll to let you decide who would be our player in focus for this week. Dave, who did our listeners pick? Uh, well, there weren't too many players who've worn the blue of Chelsea and the famous Claret and Blue Burnley shirt over the years. Uh, there's only uh, 11, I think, by my reckoning, since uh, the Second World War. Uh, but we did pick four of the most notable to see which one our listeners would vote for as their number one. Uh, the four choices were uh, Colin Waldron, Jim Thompson, Ian Britton and Frank Sinclair. And any one of those four players would have been a worthy subject of this section. But there could only be one winner, and that was the player who scored arguably Burnley's most important goal ever. And that is Ian Britton. Of course, it had to be. It had to be that one, didn't it? Um, What? Gosh, do you know, I used to work with Ian Britton. um, Only for a very brief amount of time. When he retired from football, he went into a civil servant role and worked for the Pendle Leisure um, running a lot of the facilities for, for, for the council-run leisure facilities. And I was a lifeguard for a little while. Um, and I used to, our paths used to cross, and I used to be, like, really starstruck. He was a nice guy. Why don't you tell us all about his history, then? Yeah, well, he was born in Dundee in Scotland in 1954 and signed as an apprentice for Chelsea as a 17-year-old in 1971. He made his debut for their first team in December 1972, and despite suffering a couple of relegations with Chelsea in 1974-75 and also 1978-79, with a promotion in between in 1976-77, in all he made over 250 appearances for the London club over the course of a 10-year spell, scoring more than 30 goals from midfield. He joined his hometown club, Dundee United, in 1982, and following a short spell at Arbroath in 1983, he signed for 4th Division Blackpool, initially on loan, but this became a permanent deal, and he stayed there until 1986, forging a productive midfield partnership with future claret Mike Conroy, earning a promotion to the 3rd Division in 1985. At the start of the 1986-87 season, Brian Miller brought him to Burnley, and although the Clarets struggled that season, it was Ian Britton who scored that all-important second goal with a header at the B-Hall end in the Vital Orient game in May 1987, after Neil Grucock had scored the opener. As we know, Burnley won 2-1 and results elsewhere went our way, and the rest is history. 
Ian Britton remained with Burnley until 1989, scoring 10 goals in 130 appearances. And like many other players, as you say, he remained in the local area after he'd hung up his boots. He even managed local side Nelson FC for a while during the 1990s. However, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2013 and died at the age of just 61 in March 2016. Although the team was in the doldrums for much of the 1980s, Burnley supporters still had their heroes from this era. And the name of Ian Britton will always have a special place in the history of Burnley Football Club. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, that's the first, the end of the first half where we look at some of the history surrounding this fixture. But it's time to return to the present for the second half of the show, starting with Dave, our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, 48-year-old German coach Thomas Tuchel has been in charge at Stamford Bridge since taking over from Frank Lampard in January. And he guided Chelsea to glory over Manchester City in the Champions League final in May as well as being runners-up to Leicester City in the FA Cup and a fourth-place finish in the Premier League. Although they were relatively quiet in the summer transfer market, Chelsea brought in midfielder Saul Niguez on loan from Atletico Madrid, as well as signing goalkeeper Marcus Bettinelli on a free transfer from Fulham. However, they did eventually splash the cash, spending a reported £100 million on striker Romelu Lukaku from Inter Milan. A look at the tactics shows that Tuchel has tended to favour a 3-4-3 formation since taking over at Stamford Bridge. In their most recent Premier League game against Newcastle United, they had Edward Mendy in goal, uh, a back three of Christensen, Thiago Silva and Rudiger. Uh, Jorginho and Kante played the central midfield roles with Rhys James and Ben Chilwell on the flanks. And up front, Ziyech and Hudson-Odoi played just behind Kai Havertz. Uh, Three Chelsea players have already passed the 50-point mark for FPL points for this season, with Rhys James on 56 leading the way ahead of Edward Mendy and Antonio Rudiger, who are both on 51. Surprisingly, Rhys James is also their top scorer with four Premier League goals to date. Uh, And we also have a new leader in terms of Burnley's highest-scoring FPL player. Do you care to guess who that might be? No. I would have thought it was corny, surely. Well, you may be surprised to discover it's actually Matt Lowton on 36 points. He leads the way ahead of Maxwell Corny on 32 and Chris Wood on 30. Wow. Well, you have heard what we've thought about our visitors, listeners, but for the balance, we always bring you the thought. Well, we say we always when they bother to get back to us. We tend to try and bring you the thoughts of our opposition fans. And this week is no exception. We managed to speak to Stamford Chidge, who we're presuming is not his real name, from the Chelsea fancast, who gave us his thoughts ahead of the game. Opposition view. Stanford Chidge here from the Chelsea Fancast to have a quick look at uh, the Chelsea-Burnley match on Saturday from the Chelsea perspective, obviously. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I think we're all very, very happy with Chelsea's season so far. I mean, in a sense, how could you not be? I mean, we're top of the league, have been since the 2nd of October, um, which is arguably better than we expected, you could say. Um, I know that a lot of people have us down as title favourites. But we still have a long way to claw back from last season. Man City, I think, was something like 15 points ahead of us when they won the title. So, you know, it's no given, that's for sure. But, yeah, very happy with the fact that we're top. Very happy with some of the performances. We're really beginning to put some good performances together. Scoring goals from all over the pitch. And, uh, you know, I know people 
uh, chuckle about the number of goals our defenders score, but frankly, I don't care where they come from as long as they go in. Uh, and Reese James and Chilwell have been fantastic for us recently. I suppose if there's one slight disappointment, it is that the strikers just can't seem to find the back of the net. You know, Werner's carried on uh, the luckless form from last season. Uh, Lukaku's got injured, but, you know, was struggling a little bit before he got injured. And Havertz is a different kind of striker, um, hasn't really set the world alight yet. But uh, as I said, if we're scoring from all over the pitch, it doesn't really, really matter. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with the, with the start of the season, that's for sure. Um, I suppose, you know, the one worry on the horizon is the fact that there's a massive uh, fixture backlog uh, coming up in December. I think we've got something like 10 or 11 games in December. Uh, which will not be easy as they never are. But actually, the funny thing is, well, not funny really, but in uh, January, it arguably gets a bit worse because we've got uh, Liverpool at home, we've got Man City away, uh, we've got Spurs, no doubt that'll be an even bigger grudge match with Conte now in charge. We've got Arsenal, uh, we've got Brighton, who of course have been very, very good uh, this season, and we'll also maybe have a Caribou Cup semi final and. Uh, of course, we've got the World Club Cup or the Club World Cup Championship or whatever they call it coming up sometime, possibly in February. So there's a lot of fixtures, some tough ones in January. And I know we've got a very deep squad, but, uh, you know, we've already had quite a few injuries this season. So, you know, I think I think even for us, uh, that run of fixtures, is you know, could well stretch us. So that that could be a really tough run and that might decide how, how well we do in the remainder of the season, I think. But we'll see. Uh, as for Saturday, yeah, I mean Burnley always kind of worries me a bit because they're Burnley, <laughs> you know, they're really the, they are the founder members of the awkward squad. Uh, although actually, I mean, in recent history, we've uh, we've obviously had uh, you know had the edge over you, um, but you know, as I said, you never know. I mean, I think that a lot of us remember the three-two win uh, from uh, 2018, first game of the season, of course, which was in a funny old sense the uh, the beginning of the end. Uh, for Conte because that season ended up being pretty miserable although he won the FA Cup but Burnley were fantastic that day and we weren't at the races although of course Cahill got sent off when arguably he shouldn't Uh, but since then it's been all us really I mean there was uh, you know um, you know as I said last last season we won 2-0 the season before that we won 3-0 at home I was there for taking my nephew to his first game which was brilliant Uh, and I have to say I mean this season we just don't ever seem like conceding a goal. I mean, that's the m- most amazing thing. Uh, Edouard Mendy has been absolutely brilliant, but our defence looks so solid. Silver's an absolute Rolls-Royce of a player, really, really world-class, and I think has really made a difference to our defence as well as Mendy. So we're so tough to score against, and, you know, if you do get through us, uh, you know, Silver's there to mop it up, but you've got to get the ball off us first, and we seem to be so good at keeping possession these days. So... I think Burnley will find it hard to score, that's for sure. So I can see us keeping another clean sheet. Um, and I think the way that we're playing at the moment with, uh, you know, we, I mean, last week against Newcastle was a massive win for us. I know that might sound daft because it was only Newcastle with all the problems they've got, but they're a real bogey side for us up at St. James's Park. And, you know, we did find it a little bit tough in the first half to break them down, but we still won 3-0. So... You know, I think that that stands us in good stead for some of these kind of tricky games where teams might be a bit more defensively minded. My suspicion is Burnley's best chance is to have a go at us, actually. You know, really pressure us. Try and put us under a bit of pressure and not just sit back behind them, you know, 10 men behind the ball. Uh, because you never know, we might creak if you do that. But uh, that said, um, I still think we're probably good. I think 3-0 would be, uh, you know, what I would be looking for. 
Um, but I mean, Burnley, I mean, they've got a little bit of a resurgence recently, haven't they? I mean, you had a bit of an iffy start to the season, but uh, you seem to have picked up a little bit recently and uh, beating Brentford 3-1. I mean, you know, it's, Burnley's a funny funny side, isn't it? I mean, you're 18th now, but I, I don't I don't think you'll be relegated. I think Sean Dyche has got enough about him to get you out of the relegation places. And I think we often see this, don't we, that your season kind of gathers a bit of momentum. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see you finish... I don't know, 13th, 14th, something like that. But uh, definitely not to get relegated. And I hope not. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Sean Dyche. And I I love the fact that you keep fighting and keep staying in the Premier League. I think it's brilliant. And they're a fine old club, great tradition. So uh, I hope you do stay in the division. Uh, Obviously, I hope you lose on Saturday. I can't can't give you any luck for that. But uh, for the rest of the season, I wish you all the best. Anyway, that's me done. Hopefully speak to you soon. Interesting stuff. Thank you for that input. I do like listening to opposition fans. I find it hilarious to think about how they perceive games um, in, you know, opposite to how we perceive games. It's very amusing. Uh, needless to say, Chelsea fans are quite confident at the weekend. Of course they are. Um, who's the referee then? Dave, who's going to be managing the game at the weekend? Uh, well, it's Birmingham-based official, 50-year-old Andre Mariner. He'll be in charge at Stamford Bridge on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Burnley don't have the best of records in the 12 previous Premier League games of ours, which is refereed. Although we recorded home wins over QPR and more memorably Manchester City in 2015, we've lost eight of the last nine with a 1-1 draw at home to Arsenal in March as the only time we managed any kind of positive result in those recent games. He has tended to keep his red cards in his pocket, although he did show one to Eric Peters in that match against Arsenal, as well as awarding a penalty before the video assistant referee, who was Kevin Friend that day, quite rightly ruled that the ball had hit the top of his shoulder and overturned the original decisions. Speaking of video assistant referees, Mike Dean will be in charge of the cameras at Stockley Park on Saturday afternoon. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Uh, well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because you like to tweet, uh, treat our listeners. You don't tweet our listeners. You sometimes tweet our listeners, but you treat our listeners. Um, so why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week? Yeah, well, since Burnley's 2009 promotion to the Premier League, we've played the so-called Big Six clubs. So that's Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs in 44 away league games. In addition to our win at Stamford Bridge in 2017, which we've already mentioned, the only other Burnley victories to date in these away games were the 2-0 win at Old Trafford in January 2020, the 1-0 win at the Emirates in December 2020, and the 1-0 win at Anfield in January 2021. So Burnley's overall record in those 44 away games against the Big Six is played 44, won 4, drawn 10 and lost 30 which kind of puts the task we face this weekend into some perspective. I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Um, how are you feeling about the game then? I'm, I'm kind of frustrated that we've got to go to Stamford Bridge straight after our first win of the season, Dave, because the one thing we need more than anything is a little bit of a consistency and a bit of a run together, and it's going to be a bit fragmented if we work on the assumption that it's probably unlikely that we're going to get something with Chelsea just being as good as they are this season. Are you feeling any way confident at all? Um, I think all we can do is is take the confidence we got from the, the, the win. We know we've been to places like Leicester this season, which wasn't an easy game, and we got a draw there. So, 
I guess we've just got to go in with a, a positive attitude and, and hope we can get something out of the game. It's not going to be easy. We know that Chelsea is always a difficult place to go to. But we have had a win there before. We've had a couple of draws. So we have been able to get results at Stamford Bridge in the past. Um, they do seem to be um, a very good side this season. They've uh, had some very good results. They've had consistency uh, for most of the uh, season to date. They're, you suspect they're going to be right up there at the end. You think it might well be a a three-way battle at the top. It's looking more and more like it's going to be Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea were are vying for that uh, that title at the end of the season. Um, so it's going to be a toughie, we know that. But if we can take our A game into it and they have a, a slight off day, then who knows? Yeah, definitely. Um, give me a, a, a score prediction, please, and, a, and a, a, oh, I guess a result prediction as well. Um. I'd like, well, you, you always say I sit on the fence and go for a draw, but I think realistically, I don't think we're going to win. So I'm going to go for a Chelsea win by 2 1. Oh, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go for a draw. I think we could do something this, this time. I'm going to try and see if we can get one. You're going to sit on the fence for a change. I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit on that fence because you vacated it, and I feel like it's going to be lonely without one of us sat on it. So I'm going to go with a draw. Um, listeners, let us know what you think about the game. Do you predict um, any points for the Clarets, and if so, how many? Um, do you think we're going to score, and if so, who's going to score? How are they going to score, and what's the final result going to be? You can tweet us at known and ever, or you can email us at previewshow at knownandever.net. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, second half of the show, Dave. Fantasy Premier League. It is now the end of game week 10. It's time for our regular FPL section because um, we need you to give us the lowdown on exactly what's been going on after game week 10. Who are the movers and shakers, please? Take it away, Davido. Well, after a relatively static week at the top in our previous update, game week 10 did provide some movement in the upper echelons of the known Air Never League table. And we can bring you news of our current top five. Uh, in fifth place, down to fifth, is Jack Toner on 695 points. Uh, Luke Lambert is up to fourth on 702. We've then got uh, Deck Clark, who was our previous leader, I think, is down in third place on 709. And then we've got joint leaders. We've got two managers at the top with 716 points. They are Joe Elliott and Andrew Smith. Excellent. And how about uh, None and Ever? How are we doing? Oh, actually, have we not got a have we not we got have, manager got of the month? October manager of the Ooh, month. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, we, we, we can reveal our third manager of the month now we've completed October. And the winner of a No Near Never sticker is drum roll. <laughs> oh, Paul. hang on. I think I, do, I think I might have a drum roll. Do I have a drum roll? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't have a drum roll. I think we used to have a we used to have sound effects. I was having a quick look then. Okay, Paul Gibson. Paul Gibson, congratulations! Yay! He tallied an impressive 284 points last month, just beating George Berry into second place with Liam Kellington in third. So well done to Paul Gibson. Well done, Paul. Paul, do you want to drop us an email at previousshow at nonanever.net and let us have your address and we will send you our none and ever sticker, please. Um, and the rest of the managers, you know what you need to be aiming for in November because you need to get your hands on one of those. Um, right, going back before I jumped ahead and, and forgot about October's Manager of the Month, how's Team None and Ever doing? 
Uh, well, there were no changes in position in our separate podcasters mini league, but Adam Dennett scored an impressive 65 points last week to extend his lead and also moved up to seventh place in the main No Near Never League table. Uh, your Dingle Bells team slipped another 14 places in the main league from 224th to 238th, with just 29 points against an overall average of 42 points. And you're still in fifth and last place in our separate mini league. Oh, boo. How am I always last? Um, what about team of the week? Let's move on about that. We don't, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares how I'm doing. What about team of the week? Were there any Burnley players um, in the highest scoring 11? Um, well, these 11 players would have earned you 139 points, excluding double captain points or bonuses. And they were in a 4-5-1 formation. We had um, Aaron Ramsdale in goal. Our back four was uh, Rhys James, who will be facing on Saturday. Uh, Gabriel of Arsenal. Um, Lot- Matt Lowton was in there as well. Ooh. Matt Lowton scored 14 points. And then, uh, oh, oh, my, bah, bah, oh, 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 my badly, Dele of, of Norwich. Am I right in pronouncing that? I'm sure I, I've pronounced I that wrong. I don't know. Um, and I we apologise in advance <laughs> to anybody who has been offended by our terrible pronunciation of your surname. But um, that, that, is a good, that is a good effort. That is a good the effort. others are, are easy to pronounce. We've got a midfield five of uh, Declan Rice, uh, Gallagher of Crystal Palace, Bowen of West Ham United, uh, John Henderson of Liverpool, and another Chelsea player, Jorginho. And up front, on his own, uh, was Manchester United's uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, although the average point score, as we mentioned, was just 42, one manager out there, who's a Brentford fan, scored a very impressive 116 points. Oh. Uh, that was without using any of their bonus chips. Um, the highest score in the no near never league was 75 from Quasi Appiah. Wow, that is impressive. How did you get that many points? How many did I get? 29. 29. And you got 75. 116. I don't understand. Well, we're going to have another FPL update for you after the international break because we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks now until we face Crystal Palace at Turf Moor. So in the meantime, pay attention. Take a time in that international week to use, you know, refresh your team, use those magic beans that we're given, and let's see if we can have any new names hurtling up that table when we come to do another review at the end of game week 11. Statman Dave's quiz question. So let's finish there, Dave, because we need to finish with a quiz question. What have you decided to um, set our listeners this week? Uh, well, we didn't feature Burnley's only Premier League win at Stamford Bridge in our memory match, but it does feature in this week's quiz question. Um, what we want to know from you is, which Burnley player made his debut for the club in the 3-2 away win at Stamford Bridge in August 2017? Oh, that is a good question. How do our listeners submit their answers, please, Dave? Uh, well, you can get in touch with us to let us know the answer using any of these methods. You can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. You can email us at previewshow at never.net, or you can reply to the post for this preview show on either the never Facebook page or on YouTube. Excellent. And do send your results in, please, your your answers, because we do like to see them. And obviously, we're getting a bit fed up with all of these regular listeners just getting the question right every week. We want some new some new ones, please. And I'm going to submit my answer straight after the recording, which is how I do that. Um, we're going to give you the correct answer after the international break when we're looking ahead at that um, Crystal Palace tie. 
So you've got plenty of time this time to mull that over and send us your answer. Um, so let's wrap that up then, Dave. Let's, let's let our listeners get on with their weeks. Um, any other business? Do we need to, any community news or anything else that we need to disclose? Uh, well, this is our last match before the third international break of the season. We have got coming up after that. Our next five fixtures are, as we mentioned, we've got Crystal Palace at home on Saturday the 20th of November. We're then uh, at home again uh, against Spurs on Sunday the 28th. That's been moved to the Sunday because of their involvement in Europe. It's not a televised game. Um, and then we have a televised game. We've got a, a, mid, a rare midweek game. We're away at Wolves on 1st of December. That's on Amazon Prime. We're then uh, away again at Newcastle United on Saturday the 4th, another 3 o'clock kickoff, not televised. Um, and then again, another Sunday match, but again, not televised. We're at home to West Ham United on the 12th of December. However, the No Near Never team will not be slacking during that time. Uh, at least some of us won't be. Uh, we've got plans for a couple of specials during the international break. So once we've had the analysis show looking at Saturday's match at Chelsea, check your alerts for a couple of other recordings which will be coming your way over the next week or so. Definitely. That would be awesome. I do like it when I actually get to, I don't need to get involved in these international specials anymore. I can take, take a bit of a holiday. It's really great. Um, I'm not going to be around next week, listeners. So um, God knows what state I'm going to leave the team in. But, you know, do do tune in because I'm sure it'll be our usual none and ever blend of chaos. Um, that is all we have time for then this week. My thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to making this week's preview show to Stanford Chidge of the Chelsea Fancast for his opposition view, to Turfmore Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, producer Matt always for editing this and getting it out there, and to Dave Roberts who just puts so much effort into getting these stats together and it's a labour of love and we are very, very, very lucky to have him. Last but no means least, you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the analysis show will be back on Tuesday, analysing what happened away at Stamford Bridge at the weekend. Um, I don't know who's going to be leading that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the lads will probably just get together with a cup of tea or a beer and chat it through. We might even have a bit of a ranty rich going on because that's uh, we've not had him for a week. That will be quite nice. Um, but then Dave and I will be back... A week on two weeks today yeah two weeks today where we look ahead for the the previous show for um crystal palace away take care of yourselves in the meantime godspeed to anybody traveling down to sanford bridge cheer the boys on and bring those three points back i've been natalie bromley this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and ever podcast until next time The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. 
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.